Greetings, you're listening to podcast number 129 of Blast the Right. I'm your host, Jack Clark. Great to have you on board. Today, you'll hear how to debunk the right wing's biggest lie about the U.S. healthcare system. You'll also see how the Bush administration has reverted to an immigration policy based on cruelty and vindictiveness. Clips of right wingers may make your hair stand on end. Let's get right into it. Sources you'll hear in this first segment include the New York Times, Reuters, the Miami Herald, the Truman Presidential Library, the websites of John McCain and Barack Obama, thinkprogress.org, the website of the Library of Congress, and the Associated Press. One of the mantras you hear on Blast the Right is, whatever a right-winger says, the exact opposite is true. Right-wingers claim that the U.S. has the best health care system in the world. The truth? It does just about the worst job compared to any other Western industrialized country. A recent study, quote, highlights the stark contrast between what the United States spends on its health care system and the quality of care it delivers, especially when compared with many other industrialized nations. The report shows that the United States spends more than twice as much on each person for health care as most other industrialized countries. But... It has fallen to last place among those countries in preventing deaths through the use of timely and effective medical care, according to the report by the Commonwealth Fund, a nonprofit research group. Close quote. The right wing claims that we have the best health care system to avoid admitting that fundamental changes are needed. Remember, every other Western industrialized nation has a national health care system that guarantees medical care to every citizen. Our health care system is largely a right-wing one based on the so-called free market. Unless you're in dire poverty, you're on your own, Charlie. The Commonwealth Fund report compared 37 indicators, including access, quality, and health outcomes. For example, since the first of these reports last year, access to health care in our nation has deteriorated. Did you know that a total of 75 million Americans now either have no health insurance or are underinsured? That's one in four people in this country. The Commonwealth Fund report also measures how well a nation does in preventing deaths from treatable conditions like heart attacks and asthma. We improved, but the other nations improved even more. So in 2007, the U.S. fell from 15th to 19th dead last among developed nations. The death toll? A hundred thousand Americans would live, not die every year, if our health care system did as good a job in this regard as the health care systems in countries like Japan, France, and Australia. This Commonwealth Fund report just reinforces other disturbing things you've heard on prior shows. For example, The Lancet is one of the world's major peer-reviewed medical journals. It recently published a comprehensive study that found a correlation between what stage cancer is diagnosed at and the person's insurance status. If you're uninsured, you are more likely to receive a diagnosis of cancer in one of the later stages, and that diminishes your chances of survival. In fact, the National Institute of Medicine says 18 
thousand Americans die every year because of lack of health insurance. These people don't receive such necessities as preventive care, timely diagnosis, or appropriate treatment. And then you have our shamefully high infant mortality rate. If our infant mortality rate were as low as, say, Japan's or Sweden's, 12,000 American children would live, not die, every year. In addition to sickness and death caused by our right-wing healthcare system, there's the economic toll. Half of all bankruptcies in the U.S. are caused by medical bills, and most of those people had insurance, just not adequate insurance. You know the number of people declaring bankruptcy because of unpaid medical bills in other industrialized nations? Zero. Yet, despite all you've just heard, many right-wingers are oblivious. Here's George W. Bush's words of wisdom. I mean, people have access to health care in America. After all, just go to an emergency room. I guess that's why right-wingers like George W. Bush propose free market adjustments to our health care system that are completely bogus. The Bush proposal would help no more than 1 in 10 people without insurance. The public isn't stupid. A large majority of Americans support a federal government guarantee of health care. But the right wing has been successfully fighting such a program since the days of Harry S. Truman over 60 years ago. Truman's plan came under vicious right wing attack. It was condemned as, are you ready, socialized medicine. Sound familiar? You may be wondering, how do we make sure all Americans get the health care they need and deserve? Health care is a right. H.R. 676, a bill in the House of Representatives, would basically establish Medicare for all. Medicare is a single-payer system. The government pays, but private doctors and hospitals provide services. H.R. 676 has 91 co-sponsors in the House. You can bet there's not many Republicans among them. McCain is offering typical right-wing claptrap, such as tax credits, that won't work. Obama isn't offering single-payer, but he's much closer with, for example, a Medicare-type plan anyone can buy into. President Obama and an increased Democratic majority can be pushed towards true single-payer. And, in the meantime, interim measures can still provide critical help to those who need it. For example, the Democratic Congress in 2007 passed an expansion of the state children's health insurance program. McCain voted against it, and Bush successfully vetoed it. Obama, on the other hand, was a co-sponsor, and a President Obama would sign it. And those millions of additional children would start getting medical care. Now! Purists shouldn't sniff at such interim, immediately available gains. So please, go out and whack your friendly local right-winger over the head with this. The consequences to flesh-and-blood humans of right-wing, rigid, dystopian ideology. If the right-winger doesn't recognize a critical problem in our healthcare system, show them there is one. If they propose so-called free market solutions, tell them that's what we already have. They don't work. We just can't afford any more increased human misery, suffering, pain, and death from right-wing policies. 
left, the right, the right, left, left, the right, the right. Your one-minute voting report. Lots of great new five-star reviews on iTunes. I thank you. Keep them coming. Listeners are writing in all the time that the info on Blast the Right is helping them leave their right-wing friends and acquaintances with nothing to say. So, let's make sure the most people possible can find Blast the Right. That's achieved by a high ranking on iTunes. Your five-star review is permanent, so you only have to do it one time. It'll stay up there forever, countering those right-wing one-star sabotage reviews. Over at Podcast Alley, we're currently at number 8 on the National Top 10. If you haven't voted yet this month at Podcast Alley, please go over and do so. iTunes and Podcast Alley, the main portals to podcasting. Thanks. You probably know that progressives aren't all of one mind on the immigration issue. I found that out last time I addressed the topic. That's okay. I have to speak the truth as I see it. When I see actions that are cruel and inhumane, I'll continue to speak out against them. Two recent immigration enforcement actions by the Bush administration cry out for condemnation. Sources you'll hear in this segment include the New York Times and the Associated Press. In Houston, 200 immigration agents raided a company called Action Rags USA and arrested 160 workers. 200 agents? Does the scale of that expenditure of time and money and personnel strike you as absurd as it does me? Action Rags exports used clothing and rags. 200 agents! Go find some Al-Qaeda cells, 200 agents, to arrest some poor souls sorting schmatas. 200 agents to arrest 160 workers. These dangerous schmata workers undoubtedly required a greater than one-to-one ratio of law enforcement to criminal. The right wing screams over and over again that we ought to be terrified about Al-Qaeda mass murderers sneaking across the border. Wouldn't those 200 agents be better used as Border Patrol personnel? Okay, that raid gets me upset. But the next raid and its aftermath infuriate me. It took place at a kosher meatpacking plant in Postville, Ohio, called Agriprocessors. It was the biggest immigration action in U.S. history. Nearly 400 undocumented workers were seized. In the past, workers who were in the country illegally would simply have been deported. Here, however, unbelievably, 260 were charged as serious criminals for using false social security numbers or false residency papers. They were offered a deal they couldn't refuse. Plead guilty, serve five months in jail, and then be deported. Or wait six months or longer in jail for a trial face a two-year minimum sentence, and then deportation in any event. The proceedings were, in the words of a New York Times editorial, clearly rigged for the wholesale imposition of mass guilt. Now, court translators usually don't make comments about proceedings. These hearings were so unfair that the translator felt compelled to speak out. Here's a bit of what he said. Many of the... um, um 
people we interviewed um, didn't know what a social security number was or what it's used for. And um, they, you could tell they were telling the truth because they would say it with shame, you know, like they didn't want to appear ignorant. Um, but uh, you would ask them, what is this number here? I don't know. And who put it there? Well, that, at the factory, they, at the plant, they just filled it out for me because, you know, I, I, I just don't know the language. Uh, the truth of the matter is that many of them uh, couldn't read or write Spanish, let alone English. So, um, and one of the elements of the offense of Social Security fraud is knowingly. Um, so it, there was a, a pretty good indication that um, many of them were actually not guilty. Uh, yet they had no choice but to plead out. Here's more from the New York Times, quote, The plea deal is a brutal legal vice, but the immigrants accept it as the quickest way back to their spouses and children, hundreds of whom are cowering in a Catholic church, afraid to leave and not knowing how they'll survive. The workers are scattered to federal lockups around the country. Many families still don't know where they are. The plant's owners walk freely. Close quote. Five months in jail right out of the courtroom? How are families supposed to survive? White collar, or should I better yet say white criminals, get weeks or months to prepare for prison. And their families have exponentially bigger resources to fall back on. Now, follow me on this. It turns out that some of the workers at the rag sorting plan had lived in Houston for more than 10 years. 10 years here, and now we tell them, you can't sort schmatis for us anymore. How dare you sneak in here? We're kicking you out of the country. In the law, there's a doctrine called equitable estoppel. Equitable as in equity, justice. Estoppel, meaning a bar, a restraint. You can't do that because to allow you to do so would be unjust. As when someone has detrimentally relied on your words, actions, or silence. It applies by analogy here. For decades, we invited undocumented workers to come here and provide cheap labor for us. With a wink and a nod, we didn't enforce the law. We induced these severely impoverished people to come here and set up a life. We looked the other way. Okay, if someone arrived here last week and they're caught, deport them. But if they've been here for years, and have established a life, and maybe even a family, it's a moral obscenity to turn around and at our whim say, oops, too bad, off you go. Even worse when we charge them as criminals and railroad them to jail first, leaving their families stranded. Up next, more on how this right-wing approach to fixing our broken immigration system is profoundly unjust, if not downright racist. Stick around. Oh
I believe racism is at the root of this cruel conduct. If you're going to deport long-time residents, it would naturally be a somber occasion, not a light-hearted time, not a cause for gloating, for glee. But listen to one of the head cheerleaders for the right, Ann Coulter, showing a level of cruelty that surprises even Bill O'Reilly. I'd build a wall. In fact, I'd hire illegal immigrants to build the wall um, and, and throw out the illegals who are here. You would throw I, them out. I can't even... Uh, you would throw them yeah. out. Yeah. So... Yes. Uh, Did you catch her sadistic tone? You would throw them yeah. out. Yeah. So... Yes. Uh, and even if someone felt glee, would it not take an even more hardcore racist attitude to also wish harm to the departing immigrants? Listen to radio talk show host Neil Bortz. He's not fringe. He's syndicated. He's on Hannity and Combs all the time. Uh, during the warm-up hour of the Neil Bortz show, we came up with a marvelous suggestion for solving two of America's problems at the same time. Uh, disposing of nuclear waste and doing something about the illegal aliens in this country. And that is, if the evil listeners to talk radio can just succeed in killing the amnesty bill, uh, or if we can at least succeed in getting an amendment to the bill that says before you can get a visa to work here, you have to go home. Okay, then all of the Mexicans who are here, as they leave the country, we can give them a lovely parting gift like they do on Jeopardy. We can give them a little, yeah, a, a little big of nuclear waste from one of our nuclear power plants or maybe one of our nuclear military vessels. Give them a little bag of nuclear waste as your lovely parting gift. AMF, which means adios, my friend. Send them back across the border to Mexico. Tell them it's a tortilla warmer. You know, to put it in the tortilla box and the tortillas will stay warm. And, and they will. And you'll be able to find them at night, too, because they'll glow. And this will be a big hit. Simply appalling. How ugly. And... There are states that have passed laws increasing penalties on employers who hire illegal immigrants. If you look at a chart of where those states are, they're largely in the old Confederacy. No surprise. Get the picture? Let me now take you down another line of thought. One of the underage workers at the meat plant, Elmer L., said he started at 16 years old working 17-hour shifts six days a week. He said, quote, I was very sad and I felt like I was a slave, close quote. A slave indeed. Countless Americans have lived far more comfortable lives than they otherwise would have because of these poorly paid, undocumented immigrants. See if you can relate to this passage from Barbara Ehrenreich's book, Nickel and Dimed, on not getting by in America. It may give you a new perspective. Quote, when someone works for less than she can live on, when, for example, she goes hungry so that you can eat more cheaply and conveniently, then she has made a great sacrifice for you. She's made you a gift of some part of her abilities, her health, and her life. The working poor, as they are approvingly termed, are in fact the major philanthropists of our society. 
They neglect their own children so that the children of others will be cared for. They live in substandard housing so that other homes will be shiny and perfect. They endure privation so that inflation will be low and stock prices high. To be a member of the working poor is to be an anonymous donor, a nameless benefactor to everyone else. Close quote. Yes, how can anyone deny that? And I just have to throw this in as well because it gnaws at me. If you're speaking with any right-wingers of the Christian or Jewish persuasion about this, you must tell them. The Old Testament enjoins us dozens of times to treat the stranger well. The stranger is the biblical term for immigrant, refugee. We must love the stranger even as much as we love ourselves. We must not wrong or oppress the stranger. The same law should apply to the stranger as to the native. This applies to charity, wages, and to justice itself. Sean Hannity and Ann Coulter profess to be strong Christians. If you're talking to a right-winger who professes to be a Christian, remind them that one of the things Jesus sent people to hell for in Matthew 25's Parable of the Sheep and the Goats was not welcoming the stranger. For more on this angle, you can check Podcast 111. I'll tell you, reading the coverage about the Postville raid, some things did give me hope. Some local residents were clearly upset about the action. One 50-year-old, Dave Hartley, said, quote, It just didn't need to get to this, to a boiling point. People knew what was going on in there, in agriprocessors, and this could have been dealt with another way, close quote. And along just those lines, I'll close with a powerful excerpt from two New York Times editorials. On some issues, I vehemently disagree with the Times editorial board, like on globalization and Hugo Chavez. But here, they're remarkably spot on. I can't improve upon their words. Quote, The conditions at the agriprocessors plan cry out for the cautious and deliberative application of justice. No one is denying that the workers were on the wrong side of the law, but there's a profound difference between stealing people's identities to rob them of money and property and using false papers to merely get a job. It's a distinction that the Bush administration, goaded by immigration extremists, has willfully ignored. Deporting unauthorized workers is one thing. Sending desperate breadwinners to prison and their families deeper into poverty is another. Close quote. Yes, it's cruel and vindictive, designed to appeal to right-wing extremists. Continuing on, the Bush administration, quote, has abandoned mercy and proportionality. It has devised new and harsher traps to prosecute the weak and the poor. It has increased the fear and desperation of workers who are irresistible to bottom-feeding businesses precisely because they are fearful and desperate. By treating illegal low-wage workers as a de facto criminal class, the government is trying to inflate the menace they pose to a level that justifies its rabid efforts to capture and punish them. That is a fraudulent exercise and a national disgrace. Close quote. It's cruel and irrational and vindictive and counterproductive to everything that's humanly decent. In other words, it's pure right wing. 
We progressives must fight it with all our heart and soul. But for an accident of birth, there go you and I. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right. Vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. And, of course, write a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. A special shout-out to you if you're listening on Live365.com or Red Dragon 365. Great to have you on board. Why don't you consider coming over to the podcast homepage, subscribing for free, and then you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. Thanks to Ellen in Kansas City for help with this week's show. Music credits. You heard The Schnee Speaks by KG House, The Alternate Blast the Right Theme by Nye's Music, and One Big Union by Matthew Grimm and the Red Smear. We'll close with a little bit of Taking My Country Back by Honky Tonkers for Truth. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on the Music Resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on the Data Resources page. There's also transcripts posted now for each new show. All those are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Your email continues to be most excellent. Keep it coming. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. You can also call in and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Just dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. You can also leave a message on Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. I'm taking my country back. Son, you ain't been doing her right. Oh, I've been watching you and I don't like how you've been treating my stars and stripes. And the treasury drawer More than there had ever been before But every day we're drowning deeper in debt Maybe four years should be all you get Then you gave tax breaks to the millionaires And you tried to make the working man pay But you can't tax a man when his job's not there Now look at where we are 